0: This morning, our gospel comes from Matthew 11, verses 12 through 19, and is found on page 1513 of your Pew Bible. Matthew records chapter 11, verse 12. Through 19. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. This is we got some truth bombs, some gospel bombs to to throw out from the pulpit today. Some good news. Some great news. Our opening was Revelation 14 verses 6 through 7. John's vision, he he talks about the messages of the three angels, but the verses six through seven. <clears throat> excuse me. Refer to one, and that's when he said, "Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead." It's a, it's a, it's an angel flying in mid heaven. Think bird height or Cessna one seventy two height, or I mean, just cruising along. with a message, an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and the worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. To some that might not sound like gospel good news. Typically we hear your sins are forgiven. Jesus died in your place, in, in, in your faith, which is a gift, saves you. And and this is like that airplane going over the beach with pulling the sign that says, the end is near. They used to have back in the 60s, although I don't ever saw it, but I remember in the Peanuts um, uh, comic books, they had the guys with the the sandwich boards that would walk around and they'd have some kind of hippie-looking guy, you know, with a beard and it says, the end is near, right? You know, you remember any of that stuff, the end is near. That's not a really um, provocative, welcoming gospel message, is it? It's just not. But we have to look into it this way. It does proclaim a couple of things that are good news. Number one, um, as he's flying in mid heaven with the gospel to proclaim good news with, good news with some somber news of judgment. Don't we already know that? Isn't that why we start from the beginning in our service with confession? And then that's our repentance. And then absolution, isn't that the way of the Christian's life day after day, many times during the day, as the waves sweep up on the beach, so is our relationship with our Lord of confession, of repentance, and then forgiveness of sins. You might look at it this way, that this this angel is saying, the jig is up. Today is the day, now. But John the Baptist did the same thing, and we're going to talk about him. But as we know, because of this book, this beautiful book, and don't we love the ending? We win. He wins for us. But the last book, of, or the written book in this book, is he's coming he came like a lamb the first time. Now he's coming like a lion. So this is good news that we read in Revelation 14, 6 through 7. But it's news that needs to be heated and needs to be responded to. Now the Romans reading, we hear that these are the gospel bombs, the truth bombs that I, that I wanted to throw out. So Romans 3, 19 through 28. In 19, it says, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be stopped. And the whole world may be held accountable to God. That's what the law does. Does the law save? No. The law gives you stay in this lane at this speed, okay? The second part is this, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. In the last few weeks, we had the wise, well, not so wise, but we had the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be inherit. What must I do to inherit eternal life? We know you don't do anything to inherit, right? It's a gift. So we know that there are no works that will save us, even though the young wealthy man said, I have been abiding by that law of Moses all this time. And Jesus listed the things that we do unto other people, not what we do for God, but unto other people. So in other words, I've never committed adultery and I haven't killed anybody. And this was probably, as I said earlier uh, in the last uh, last week, that people knew who he was. And you know, he, so he probably was a pretty good guy as far as good guys go. But it wasn't enough, and that's what Jesus was telling him. And he's telling us, being good, following the law the best that you can isn't enough to inherit. You have to to receive the gift. Paul continues to write after that, since we know about sin and, and the law comes to give us knowledge of the sin, that mirror, you've heard that, the law is like a mirror, to look at it and you go, ooh, I do not measure up. But Paul says the righteousness of God comes through faith. The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Here's another truth bomb. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction. The distinction is is this. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Again, my job as pastor from this pulpit is at the very least to tell those who hear, you need Jesus. I need Jesus because we are dead forever without Jesus. We may say, well, I'm nice or I vote or I pay my taxes on time or I have raised a family that has been healthy and I've done all the things that I'm supposed to do. But that doesn't get us into heaven like the wealthy young man, His if The qualifications of a person is just wealth. If the qualifications of a person is just being nice and not breaking lots of the laws, or at least the ones that people see, that does not give you entrance into heaven. Amen? Right. Okay. So my job is to say, you need Jesus. Anyone listening to this, you need Jesus. My second part of my job from the proclamation pulpit here is to say, this is what Jesus has done for you, and oh, has he done much for us. We get the word in here, (coughs) excuse me, propitiation. You've heard that, I'm sure, especially when you were in confirmation class, propitiation. Propitiation is, means that in place of. Jesus is, was our propitiation. He took our place on that cross. He took our sin upon him and he put it away forever. It's more than just he took our punishment. He gave us life through his death. That's what he did for us. Propitiation. Now, here's the thing about being a propitiation. Somebody said, well, you know, I might die for my son or my wife or something like that. Okay, it's not the same thing. A propitiation, in order for it to be effective, is first of all, the object of the propitiation. Jesus had to agree with the Father and say, yes, I do this. And the Father, who was due, owed the debt, has to say, yes this will suffice so both parties have to agree that yes it pays the bill and yes I'm, I'm in it it wouldn't have worked if Jesus went up there kicking and screaming and he didn't like a lamb to slaughter Jesus did that for you I might die for somebody I love I don't think I could do it quietly I might allow somebody to beat me and say, prophesy who hit me in the face and spit and curse at me, but I don't think I would do it lovingly. Would you? Could you? Would you have the tenacity and the love to say, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do? Not me not in my nature. Is it in yours? Sometimes. Maybe if I'm at my best. Had a nice meal, well rested. My stress levels. This is what Jesus does and continues to do for us. Paul says... What becomes of our boasting? Do we boast in law or do we boast by works? He says, no. What we hold on to is that one is justified by faith apart for works of the law. In other words, we inherited gift of eternal life. We inherited the kingdom by what he did in that gift of faith. So now we're under the law of faith and faith says believe. Repent. Faith. The law of faith says you're already in. The faith law of faith is what Jesus said and he said it is finished. Jesus already did this for, it, for us. We do not add To it. And yet, the world does. Finally, in our gospel from Matthew, isn't it ironic that we're never satisfied? In the past, a title of a sermon was Enough. And Jesus is Enough. But the people at the time and the people today, He's not enough. When Jesus came on the scene, And people saw John the Baptist, they were mad. They were, he was kind of uh, acidic the way that he was. I mean, this guy camped all the time out in the desert. He ate bugs. He wore skins, wild honey. He was unkept. He certainly was not, what do we call that? GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly, right? He was abhorrent. They said he had a demon in him. And then here comes Jesus, who doesn't have any restrictions to what he eats and who he associates with, and they say he's a drunk and a glutton who eats with sinners. God sent these two and others to proclaim Like the eternal gospel flying in mid-heaven, angel. John's message was repent. The kingdom is near. Jesus came and told us exactly what to do. It just is with the with the rich young man. One thing that you lack. Your faith is in your money. Give your wealth. Give everything that you possess. Sell it and give the money to the poor. And then follow me. He gave him the recipe for what he wanted, but it wasn't what he wanted to hear. He wanted it to be a transaction whereupon he wouldn't have to give up what he thought was important. How unlike us. And Jesus says, what do I compare you generation? And the generation of Jesus' day was that they had ears to hear, as we do, too. They had ears to hear and opportunities to hear, but they didn't hear. Time and time again, we we see this. the, The Pharisees are questioning Jesus. They're questioning God, the word, about the word. And he's schooling them, not in a in abhorrent way or a on top of you kind of way. But he, if they just asked the right questions, and he still gave them the answers in love, but their intent was to kill him. They had eyes to see and ears to hear, and yet they didn't respond. The pleas of John, the pleas of John the Baptist, were repent of your sins, and the people couldn't escaped the sound of the voice of God's messengers. And they even rejected the Lord's message. In other words, they heard the message. And in today's society, we hear the message. All have heard the name of Jesus in these United States. They, like us, who are in disbelief, disapproved of the way Jesus lived. And that's why Jesus compared them to little children in the marketplace. He said, the little children are out there and they're playing a game. Did you hear that part where they're playing the flute and you, know, and you didn't dance and then we played a funeral dirge? Well, that's what they were doing. They're playing a game. They called to the other children and said, come on, let's dance. We're playing a game. You know, come and play this game. And the other said, no, I don't want to play that game. Let's play funeral game. And so then they played the funeral dirge and, and they didn't even get up and dance to that. They didn't want what was being offered. They're impossible to please. Impossible to please. And some are impossible to please this day. However, the good news is this, is that as we read in here that the wisdom proves herself. Jesus' words that he proclaimed were proven as well. Yes, Jesus ate and drank with sinners. When he came here, he said, I didn't come for the good people. I came for those that are sick. Came for those that need Jesus. You need Jesus, I need Jesus, they needed Jesus. And the second part of his sermon from the pulpit as he walked around the land was, this is what Jesus has done for you. And he reminds him through Old Testament what has been done, how the people have been delivered, the prophecies that were coming. All along, somebody in the wilderness was saying, he's coming the voice crying out in the wilderness, he's coming, and Jesus is here saying, this is what has been done. He lived a sinless life, didn't he? So that when people pointed at him and said, he's a drunk, he's gluttonous, they couldn't pin that on him, it wasn't true. They couldn't point to a single sin he committed. In fact, in order to have him killed they had to get false witnesses in what was tantamount to a kangaroo court at night didn't they he was without sin right they had to make it up his life spoke and proclaimed what he was all about he went on doing good in all of the land and then we get back to john the baptist john the baptist has been crying out in the wilderness behold the kingdom is near There's one coming, I can't even tie his sandals, right? Can't even put his flip-flops on him. And even John the Baptist, after Jesus had said of man born of woman, none is greater than John the Baptist, but John the Baptist is about to lose his head, and he calls for his disciples to go and talk to Jesus. And Jesus answers him here like this. He says, tell John that the sick are being healed and that demons are being cast out. And the deaf hear and the blind see and the lame walk. That's what Jesus was doing. He was healing people. He was giving them gifts they didn't deserve. The last part of my proclamation from the pulpit needs to invite you and point to you and say, here's Jesus. Here's Jesus in the font, baptismal font. Here's Jesus in the sacrament that we are all going to come and partake of. Here's Jesus in God's holy Word. And Christian, here's Jesus in your hearts, in your words, in your interactions in the marketplace. Here's Jesus. And we know that the wisdom that he proclaimed literally changed the world, and is continuing to do so. Jesus' actions, they speak for themselves. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is our mighty fortress. In the name of Jesus, amen.